How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 100 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Got a big episode for you guys today. There is so much going on. I took one day off, uh, partially because I helped a friend move and partially because uh, I had a migraine and uh, did not feel like talking into a microphone. So I We're doing a little bit extra today. Um, I've been teasing all week that, you know, I had something in the works. It kind of came together a little bit. That something is other locked on host talking shit on the Astros. So we're going to do that today. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And then I I have a couple more that should be coming in, but they they didn't make it in before I started recording. So I will uh, probably start sprinkling those in in future episodes. You know, like after the outro music, it'll be like, hey, so the Astros suck, don't you think so? And uh, that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, so um, we got that for the second half. This half, I'm talking about the A's wins, uh, setting you guys up for the Astros series, which starts on Friday at 610 in Oakland. I can't wait for this series to get going. Um, so before I get talking about everything, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. You can also email us any questions that you may have or comments. Comments are welcome to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, I know that I said we we're going to talk about, you know, those things, uh, Astros and baseball and stuff. Uh, but first I want to talk about the controversy, rightfully so probably, uh, re- in regards to, uh, Ryan Christensen and his gesture after the A's win on Thursday. Uh, there's been a, a media uproar among A's fans mostly. And, uh, you know, if you didn't see the clip, I'll, I'll see if I can find it and link it in the show notes, but, uh, it looked like he had, he, well, it didn't look like he had his arm fully extended and uh, was looking like he was going for, you know, uh, high fives and stuff like that. But without uh, taking his arm in as though to, you know, keep doing like a chop kind of motion for social distancing and all that stuff. Um, it w- was my initial take. I think his statement said something t- similar. I'll read his statement here in a second. But um, yeah, that, that was my initial take. But I, it, Liam Hendricks immediately was like, do not do that. And like uh, took his arm down. And then he was like, and then he kind of like playfully did like, oh, I can't believe I was doing this is kind of is how I took it. But um, I don't know if, you know, m- maybe I'm missing something. I, I don't know. Uh, I am going to do a special conversation with uh, Gabrielle Starr of the Locked on Red Sox podcast. She is a woman of Jewish her- heritage, and uh, we're going to do a little conversation. And I'm going to give her what I took, like what I just said, uh, my take on what it was. And if there's somewhere for me and us to, you know, learn from this situation, then uh Hopefully she can do that for us. So that's going to be a bonus episode that will drop at some point this weekend. But uh, I'm not going to go into all of the controversy and all that stuff right now. Uh, I will talk about the statement. First, uh, you got uh, the statement from A's bench coach Ryan Christensen. And he said, I made a mistake and I will not deny it. Today in the dugout, I greeted players with a gesture that was offensive. In the world today of COVID, I adapted our elbow bump, which we do after wins, to create some distance with the players. Uh, My gesture unintentionally resulted in a racist and horrible salute that I do not believe in. What I did is unacceptable and I deeply apologize. The A's also gave out their own statement and they said that, uh, quote, A's bench coach Ryan Christensen greeted players with a gesture that looked like a Nazi salute. We do not support or condone this gesture or the racist sentiment behind it. This is incredibly offensive, especially in these times when we as a club and many others are working to expose and address racial inequalities in our country. We are deeply sorry that this happened on our playing field. So initial take is um, 
They, they don't need to say that it looked like a Nazi salute. It was a Nazi salute. That's not really part of the debate at all. It, it was a Heil Hitler Nazi salute. And uh, I, I'm glad that they said that they're deeply sorry this happened on the playing field. But that sentence didn't need to really be there because uh, I think that it that it happened at all on camera or otherwise should be what you're sorry for. And I know that public statements coming out like this are nothing new in 2020 especially, but uh, I, I keep hearkening back to all the statements regarding uh, George Floyd's murder and, uh, you know, judging those off of, you know, how sincere they, they felt. And uh, the number one thing was, did they say that he was murdered? If they didn't, then it's not a real PR statement. It's not, they, there's no substance behind what they're saying. And the fact that they're saying that basically we're sorry if you were offended by this Nazi salute. Uh, that, that's not a great start for the Oakland A's PR team. Uh, they're going to definitely be walking this one back or, you know, doing more in the community. But my initial take is they should have done more. They should have gone harder at saying that anti-Semitism doesn't have any place in the clubhouse or anywhere in the world uh, and maybe even put some money behind it because uh, that that's how, you know, you, you show that you care and mean things because the words are kind of hollow. You need action behind them, especially in a PR statement like this. So that's where I'm going to leave this. We're going to have a whole bonus episode on this topic uh, in the over the weekend. So we'll get to that. But uh, but next, it's episode 100. Let's talk about some friggin' baseball. The A's, they have won six games in a row. They are 9-4 and four on the season. They are two and a half games up on the Houston Astros. Everybody else in the division sucks, so it's really just A's and Astros and then whoever the hell else wants to kind of compete, maybe. Uh, so yeah, go A's. We're having a great time. Uh, Got to celebrate while you can, I guess. Um, yeah, at, it's been, you know, uh, two games since I last recorded, and so I haven't gotten to gloat about my Matt Olson prediction, but I, I, I said it. I said he was doing the right things, that the results just weren't there. He's got three homers in two days. Results are there now. Matt Olson, I sure, it could be the mustache, or it could be Matt Olson listened to the podcast, and he felt like he was disappointing me, and he was like, hey, I got a show off for Jason. And uh, that's what he's doing, and uh, I appreciate that, Matt. Thank you. And I will say, Matt Olson's mustache... He's already a really good-looking dude. It's mostly the eyes. The mustache, it's not hurting. I, I'll say that. It's not hurting him. Chris Davis also played in this game. He went two for three, and he uh, should have been three for three because the one out that he made, he hit 105.3 miles per hour off the bat at a 10-degree launch angle, which probably is what got him. And uh, that has an expected uh, batting average of 860. So we kind of got screwed on that one. But then again, uh, maybe he should have been two for three because the other one, there was another one where uh, the expected batting average is like 200 or something like that. So, you know, flip those out. Everything works. Everything's even and out. So uh, go Chris Davis. He's looking like he's a lot of fun. Uh, he had a single that resulted in two RBI, which was the difference of the game. Uh, not at the time, just the difference in the game was two runs. Uh, six to four A's win. But I feel like the real key for the A's uh, was containing the Rangers' best hitter to date. Well, up until, you know, the series started at least. And that was Joey Gallo. He went 1-for-11 with eight strikeouts and a walk. That one hit was a bunt to the uh, opposite of the shift. So, basically, they gave him a single. And then he struck out eight more times. Uh, he didn't do anything. And it was, uh, like, fun to watch from an A standpoint. But, you know, I, I do like seeing him crush some dingers. Um... But, you know, the games were kind of close, so it's best that he didn't, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, their scouting report on Joey Gallo was, you know, uh, on fire. They needed to do a better job scouting Todd Frazier. I forgot he played baseball, and he just owned the A's pitching, so uh, that, that sucked. Also, I guess we're going to go back on our rescinding of congratulations, too. If you don't follow us on Twitter, I'll explain here in a sec. But uh, 
Anderson Tejeda, he got his first major league hit, and we were like, congratulations. Oh, I mean, I was like, congratulations from the Locked on Ace Twitter account. And then uh, in his next at bat, he hit a two-run homer and made the game a lot closer. It was 5-4 to four at the time, and I just put, we were sending our congratulations. Uh, congrats. I mean, we got the win. The A's got the win, so uh, I will I will take the congratulations. And uh, hey, good for you. He seems like he might be a really fun player, so uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, Anderson Tejeda. Got some speed, got some power, doesn't wait around for the baseballs. He just swings at every first pitch. So uh, se- seems like a, a good guy. Anyways, um, also my, my big question for uh, Thursday's game was why did uh, Bob Melvin send out Mike Fires for the seventh inning? He didn't need to. He struggled to get through the sixth. And uh, he, he did somehow. I think it was voodoo. And uh, then, then he goes out for the seventh, gives up two runs, and then they pull him after he didn't record any outs and brought in TJ McFarland. I know that he was at like 78 pitches, I think, through six innings. So you, you want to conserve the bullpen as much as you can. But you also want to get the win like as quickly as possible, especially because the, the Rangers bats were starting to heat up at that point. You need to end that game immediately and then just get them the f- out of town. So I'm going to do my other little thing here real quick, too, where uh, I, I've talked about Chris Davis and how he was breaking out a little bit. Uh, I talked about Matt Olson. He started hitting dingers. Today I'm talking about Marcus Semien. He has not been great. I've been I watched his launch angle and you know his expected batting averages, which is what was key in uh, watching or looking out for the Chris Davis and Matt Olson breakouts. And uh, they were they were showing the right signs. It just wasn't working out just yet. And then they started crushing the ball. So with Marcus Simeon, um, he's been hitting the ball hard, like at 95 miles an hour or something like that. But it's like at a uh, either a negative launch angle, which is on the ground, obviously, or like a uh, under 10 degree launch angle, which is just off the ground, which isn't very, you know, still kind of a ground ball or, you know, like 45 degrees or up. So basically like pop ups. So I asked uh, RM Layton, who is the guy, uh, my guest from Monday, who talked about prospects with me. He's more of a scout type. I was as opposed to just saying, yeah, I don't know what this is. I, I asked him. I, I said, uh, he, he's hitting the ball hard, but it's, you know, with these launch angles, would that be an issue with his timing, his swing path, or, you know, just seeing the ball in general? And he said that uh, Simeon seems like he's caught in between right now. He's waving at the changeup, but the fastball is getting a little bit in on his hands a little bit too often. So according to Arm, it looks like it's a timing issue and he, he's swinging the bat well. It's just not quite there just yet. Um, so as soon as, you know, he, he gets his timing down, he should be hitting the ball just well. He still looks good at the plate. It, the results just aren't there. But it's not like with Olsen and Davis where uh, they were just they were going through the process correctly. They just weren't getting the results. This one, he probably needs to change a little bit of something. And so, uh, yeah, well, we should see some improvement here at the plate soon. I, I was looking at his numbers against Granky, and I think he's uh, done pretty well against that Granky, who is Friday starter uh, against what have we got? Uh, Chris Bassett. That's right. Zach Granke, Chris Bassett. That should be fun. I want to talk about this matchup and the rest of the weekend series with the A's and Astros here in just a minute. But first, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. You got a car in your garage? Rockauto.com is going to give you the same prices as they would for the dealerships and all those those guys that, uh, you know, do it professionally. 
Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck. Write the code LOCKED ON. That is two words, LOCKED ON, in their How Did You Hear About Us box. And then uh, they'll know that we sent you. So that's a plus for everybody involved. And then, uh, yeah, so rockauto.com. They got all your stuff. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com and go find out for yourself. We're also brought to you by Postmates, and we've been brought to you by Postmates all week. And uh, I, I must say, I've been ordering so much delivery food this week. It's been ridiculous. They, they got me. They got me with that $100, and I'll, I'll plug at the end here. But uh, holy crap, I got pizza today. Uh, we got Burger King a little bit later because uh, my wife was like, hey, I want Burger King. I'm like, I'm not leaving the house. Let's get Burger King, and then I'll just, they'll just leave it outside the door. So that leads me to Postmates, and uh, they're great because they have non-contact deliveries, and I don't like people. I don't want to get COVID. Non-contact deliveries, they're the way to go. Postmates, they offer that. I love them. So I got the pizza from a local restaurant, which was, uh, that's a check in my box. Good for me. Uh, the Burger King was from a local Burger King, so I guess that counts as supporting local businesses. Uh, that's up for debate. But let's get back into the ad copy here. Uh, they only got Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. And we got to be supporting our local neighborhood spots right now. You know, like Burger King. Um, not Burger King, other local spots. <laughs> I, I've been ordering local you know, in my vicinity, uh, because it's a great way to support my community and keep my burgers kinged. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushis. I believe I covered that. They also do pizza. Uh, oh, wait, no. Uh, they actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off right outside my door. Just download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That is a one word, Locked On. Again, that's code Locked On, one word, Locked On, for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, we are back in the second segment for A's and Astros. We're going to talk about this. We got other Locked On hosts coming in to crap on the Astros. It's going to be a very fun segment. So, uh, yeah, we, we got all that stuff coming up for you guys. Please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. You can email us any questions or comments to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But uh, let's get into it. Pitching matchups. We got Zach Greinke against Chris Bassett on Friday. You got the Saturday afternoon game with Framber Valdez against Frankie Montas. And then on Sunday, you got Christian Javier against Jesus Luzardo. On paper, it looks like this is going to be uh, a lot of low-scoring games. So help me if the Astros get shut out at least once. Because, uh, oh, there's going to be so many trash can memes and jokes and all that stuff. Oh, it's hard to see. <laughs> like uh, Oral Hershiser during the Astros-Dodgers game. It's harder to, you know, get a hit when you don't know what's coming. Or something to that effect. That was fantastic. Um in looking at the walk rates for all three starting pitchers, it looks as though the A's are going to have to rely on getting more hits and uh, less free passes they've, than they've been getting during this win streak. Uh, they've been getting a bunch of free passes and just capitalizing on those. Um, Zach Greinke does not walk, guys. Framber Valdez, same thing. Christian Javier, same thing. These guys do not issue uh, free passes. If they're working in the strike zone a lot, that could work in the A's' favor and uh, you know help get some more runs on the board. I feel like the A's' offense is... Kind, you know, pretty hot right now. And Bassett's been fantastic this season. He's been much better than Zach Granke. Granke's got a five ERA right now. So, uh, and that's coming against both the uh, the vaunted 
I mean, they're, I guess they're kind of haunted. The Seattle Mariners, they're, they're a pesky little team. And then uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or no, no, sorry, just Los Angeles Angels. That's what they're going by this year. Um, yeah, so he has a 5 ERA against those two teams, and he hasn't faced the power bats that the A's have yet. So uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. They could just, you know, tear him apart, and uh, that'd be a lot of fun to watch, and I thoroughly enjoy that. But I think that my, my main takeaway from uh, looking at the stats and stuff is that they're going to have to capitalize on the Astros bullpen because those guys, as uh, Jet Reddick, that is Josh Reddick's wife, said on Twitter during the Dodgers and Astros series, uh, she tweeted out, congrats to all the Dodgers fans running their mouth on Twitter. Your team beat minor league pitching last night. So uh, she deleted that tweet, obviously, because she just took a big dump on uh, Josh Reddick's teammates. But... The sentiment is they don't have a lot of experience in their bullpen. Roberto Osuna just went down. He's probably going to get Tommy John surgery. He's not going to be there this weekend. Justin Verlander, still hurt. Jordan Alvarez, not playing. Trash can, not, nowhere to be seen this year. Uh, maybe that's why they're struggling so much and they're only 500 because trash cans. Ha ha. Uh, we got more trash can jokes coming up for you here in just one minute. Um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting series. Uh, hopefully with the A's being hot right now, they can, uh, you know, just sweep the Astros because you know screw them and uh take a five and a half game lead out of the weekend and uh into the rest of the season that would be a lot of fun and the the season wouldn't be over by any means obviously they would need to keep winning it would just put them in a very good position to uh, you know overtake the Astros in the AL West uh, for the first time in quite a while and usually I would you know have my own opinion here on the Astros and you know participate in this little joke thing that I'm doing uh crapping on the Astros, but I feel like I've done that a lot, and I will continue to do it this weekend and throughout the course of the season, so uh, that can be summed up in this audio clip that I got for you guys. I yield my time, f*** you! And with that, let's uh, let the roast of the Houston Astros commence. Thank you very much, Jason. This is DC Lundberg from Locked on Mariners, and we're talking about the Houston Astros today. They are a great team, ladies and gentlemen. They have this innate ability to recognize pitches almost as if they know exactly when a breaking ball is coming. <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe it isn't. Anyways, the city just buzzes with excitement over this team. Or maybe that's just the team's chests. Sometimes it's really hard to tell. But they really do have a great fan base. Let's face it, not everyone has such a passionate group of people willing to back them to the end, ignore their shortcomings, and look the other way at their imperfections. All the while acting like four-year-olds. Their fan base is a very upstanding group. But that's only because they all use blue chew. But when I think of the Astros, I think about moral character. After all, it's not every team that acquires a wife-beater in the middle of his suspension. It's as if they said, Hmm, you know, this other team said that this guy's never going to pitch for their organization again. Ha! We can probably get him for really cheap. He'll be perfect, just the kind of person that we want as a Houston Astro. Uh-huh, yep, that is the kind of moral character, or lack thereof, that I've come to expect from this organization. And of course, the words honesty, integrity, and humility have to spring to mind when talking about the Astros. I really admire and respect anyone who goes out and accomplishes his or her goals through honest hard work and dedication. 
That doesn't have a damn thing to do with the Astros, but I just thought I'd mention it. Just ask any of the Astros players if their championship was legit. Oh, they'll tell you. With all the believability of a used car salesman trying to sell you a 93 Ford Tempo sedan for $5,500, nah, never mind the dent in the door. Ignore the large stain on the back seat and don't worry about that check engine light. You need to jump on this deal. It won't last long. <laughs> oh, and if you drive a Ford Tempo, my sympathies. Anyways, gang, I will leave you with this analogy. The Astros World Series title is to other World Series titles just like AstroTurf is to natural grass. Hey guys, may I bring in real quick? I was going to use trash can sound effects in between these clips, but they were all very startling, so I decided against that. So uh, here is Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers, followed by Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll close out the episode from there. Hey everybody, this is Jeff Snyder from Locked On Dodgers. I'm on a family vacation sitting at Bear Lake, Idaho on the beach. But when Jason asked me if I'd like to be part of his tribute to the Astros episode, I said, wait, who? Uh, and I had to have Jason remind me who the Astros were. He said, you know, they have a right fielder with a face like a weasel and a right arm like a wet noodle. Uh, I'm like, who? He said, you know, shortstop. Looks like Gumby, but instead of being made of clay, he has the bones of a sickly bird. Wait, wait, what team are we talking about? You know, the owner who feels persecuted because he's the first rich white man in American history to be held responsible for anything? No, I'm not quite there yet. He's, okay, you know, the third baseman who claims to be six feet tall, but he's actually five foot one and four feet of that is his head? Oh, the Astros, the team that cheated and robbed my favorite team of the World Series title they deserved. Yeah, I could talk about them, but I have to warn you, Jason, I don't like to talk about people's physical appearances, so I won't mention that Justin Verlander always looks like he had his wisdom teeth removed three days ago. And I definitely don't want to talk about Roberto Osuna because I feel really bad that he needs Tommy John surgery, so I can't mention that he deserves every bad thing in the world. Uh, but yeah, I could talk about the Astros. Oh, I'm out of time? Okay. I guess I'll go back to being almost entirely unaware of the Astros' existence until the next time they play the Dodgers. Bite me, Astros. <laughs> of the many things that are objectively hilarious about the Astros getting caught for cheating is that they've been absolutely trashed this year, and there's no denying it. I mean, they're barely over 500. They're a team that was in the World Series last year. Jose Altuve has been a disaster so far this season. He's slugging under 300 on base. is around 250. Batting average is under 150. He struck out more than twice as many times as he's walked, which is just objectively hilarious. Maybe he's not the world beater MVP that we all thought he was when no one's banging on trash cans or buzzing his chest, allegedly, telling him what pitch is coming, you know? And the thing that made me the most mad is that Carlos Correa was a part of this. You know, Carlos Correa is a guy I really liked and respected, and a guy who I watched a whole lot when he was at Corpus Christi and he was in Frisco. He is one of the best players in baseball, and he doesn't need anyone to tell him what fastball or curveball or whatever is coming. He didn't need that. He's still an objectively great player. He's hitting 400 this year, and he's showing that, hey, I didn't need the trash cans, but the rest of them apparently did need it. Alex Bregman, been trashed this year. George Springer, hitting under 200 this year. Josh Reddick, also trashed this year. Their entire offense has been garbage, and that has nothing to do with them missing Justin Verlander. I just love that this has come up against them. I feel like there's not been enough made of it as much as I wanted to. I mean, the Dodgers series was great. The Joe Kelly face literally made my whole life. Just made my whole life, which it's ridiculous that he got suspended as much as he did despite, you know, maybe trying to injure somebody. But the Astros got basically off scot-free, which is stupid and ridiculous. And baseball needs to never forget that and never stop giving them crap for it. 
Everything is basically still the same, except they don't have the same manager, who is probably going to go on and get a job in baseball somewhere else, because that's how this stupid stuff works. Jose Altuve should never live this down. They should never live this down. Alex Bregman, never live it down. George Springer, never live it down. None of these guys should ever live down the just stupendously terrible cheating scandal that is honestly the worst in baseball history. It's worse than steroids. Knowing what pitch is coming is even more of an advantage than steroids could ever even dream of being. A big thank you to DC, Jeff, and Bryce for giving their opinions on the Houston Astros. I'm sure I'm going to have very hot takes all weekend. You can follow us on Twitter for all of those hot takes in real time, or you can subscribe to the podcast if you would like to hear them uh, in slightly delayed time and more thought out and maybe more reasonable. I don't know. Um, yeah, if you want to hear the hot takes in real time, that's at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. You can email us any questions that you have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. That's it for me today, you guys. So stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.